Amen. Amen. Howdy. How are you? You good? Give them a big hand. That's a great song. Appreciate their ministry this morning. And I'm certainly glad that you're here at Kavanaugh Church. If you just drifted in, uh, don't be too alarmed. Uh, this is Roundup Day. It's a national holiday here at Kavanaugh Church. This is our 22nd Roundup Day. 22nd Roundup Day. And uh, basically what we're trying to do is round people up, get them back in church, and uh, it's going to be a fun day of filled with activities. we got a big barbecue this afternoon that starts at 5 o'clock, carriage ride, pony rides, horse rides, BB guns, uh, bow and arrows, uh, slingshots, uh, face painting, photo booth. Oh, my lands. It goes on and on and on. Anything that you want to do to have fun, we got it here tonight. So are you ready for that? Yeah. Well... Let's see if you can endure this so that you can experience that, all right? Glad you're here, and, and today we're going to be preaching from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. Uh, I love Roundup Day because I get to uh, preach in my, my favorite outfit, cowboy outfit. Uh, I grew up in Midland, Texas, always wanted to be a cowboy, and I'd go outside and play cowboy and Indian all the time, and, and, and uh, this is my tribute to the Indian nation right here. See this? Let me tell you a story. On... Uh, on Friday, I picked my outfit out uh, because I figured the people in the territory in Oklahoma were going to be much saddened today. Uh, I, just, I just thought that. I thought y'all would be sad today, so I picked this outfit out just to encourage you, but uh, I'm the one who is sad. Anyway, big, there's a big controversy over this, you know, so I told somebody if I did it, I had to do that today. That's... That's all I'm going to do right there. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, hey, this is what I wear when I go cowboy shooting. Uh, it's, a, it's a hobby that I have that I can't uh, seem to shake, and, and uh, this is usually one of my outfits that I wear, and, and if I'm shooting locally at the gun club out there, when I'm finished, I'll call up Miss Angie and say, hey, babe, you want to meet me for lunch? And she will say something like this, not until you come home and change clothes, so... Uh, <laughs> But at least today I get to share with you a B-Western outfit. Are you good with that? Yeah, yeah fantastic. Good deal. Well, I struggled this week. What, what am I going to preach on Roundup Sunday? And uh, the Lord just kind of spoke to me Wednesday and said, well, why don't you preach on Roundup since it's Roundup Day? So today I'm going to talk to you about the last Roundup. And there is coming the last roundup. Jesus talked about it, Matthew chapter 25. Let me begin reading in verse 31 about the last roundup. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, Jesus said, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom that is prepared for, for you from the foundation of the world. And then we skip down to verse 41, and he says, then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire that is prepared for the devil and for his angels. And then in the last verse of Matthew chapter 25, verse 46, he said, And these will go away into everlasting punishment, 
but the righteous into everlasting life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading and the preaching of your word. As I try to speak it on the outside, would you speak it into our hearts? We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Perhaps one of the most revolutionary changes that happened on the great plains of the Old West was the invention of barbed wire. How many of you have ever been caught up in some barbed wire? It's not a fun experience to say the least. Uh, It was called a free range before barbed wire, before they messed up all of our land and sectioned it off with barbed wire. The land was open. It It was free for cattle to roam and to pasture. And so all the ranchers would just set their cattle out and let them on a free range. Sometimes cattlemen didn't know how big their herds were if they were over five or 10,000 in number because they were just out there roaming and, and eating on the free range. And you know what? You might have cattle out there and your neighbor 15 miles away, he may have some cattle that are just roaming with your cattle on the free range. They were all mixed together. But every fall, about this time of year, the first part of October, ranchers would pull their resources and send all of their hands out together in their livestock. And cowboys would go out and they would search each cattle to find their brands and they would cut each head that belonged to their own outfit out. After that, they either pushed their cattle further south to graze for the winter or they would move them to a railhead in places like Abilene, Kansas, or Cheyenne, Wyoming, where they would be shipped off to market. The yearly gathering of the cattle became known as the General Roundup. Well, before days of the barbed wire fence, it was a fundamental necessity for that yearly roundup to occur. So before the snows would start flying, cowboys would gather up their supplies for a week or a month or maybe even two months and pack it away in their saddlebags. They would have stuff like beef jerky and flour and coffee, a whole lot of coffee. They would take a heavy blanket and and even a a slicker and they would tie it to their saddle and head, head out to the range. And gathering up these cattle was hard work. They would scout the gullies and the valleys. They would climb mountainous mountainous terrain. They would traverse mesa and plateau. They would have to ride through sagebrush and cactus and look and search out the cattle that belonged to their outfit. And the job was never done until the last steer was found. Well, the Bible talks about a roundup that is going to happen someday in the future. It will not be a roundup of cattle, and it will not be done by cowboys on horseback. But it will be a roundup nevertheless. A roundup, listen to this, of God's own people. For you see, one day, this trumpet is going to sound, and The voice of an archangel is going to be heard. And there is going to be a shout from the Lord God that will bring forth the end times. It will usher in the end. 
And God shall gather together all the people from the four corners of the earth, and there is going to be this great separation that will occur. The righteous will be separated from the unrighteous. The saved will be separated from the lost. The Christian will be separated from the non-believer. It is what I'm calling the last roundup. And Jesus is speaking of the last roundup in Matthew chapter 25. There are about four things I noticed from this passage I want to share with you this roundup day. Number one, the time of the last roundup is predetermined by God the Father. Look, look at verse 31. It says, but when the Son of Man comes, and I want you to notice the word when, it is very emphatic. It speaks of a positive action, an event that must occur. It is going to happen when the Son of Man comes. Notice it doesn't say if the Son of Man comes. <laughs> no, much more emphatic than that. It says when the Son of Man comes. It is an event that will happen in the future. Just like every cowboy knew that at the beginning of fall... It was the time for the general roundup. There, there was no question about it, no arguing about it. It didn't matter what the weather was doing in October. They would go out on the roundup. So the cowboy would saddle his horse, and he would ride out into the prairie looking for the cattle that belonged to his ranch. It was inevitable. It was absolute. It was something that must come to pass. So also shall be the coming of the Son of Man. And the Son of Man that Jesus is talking about in this passage is himself. The Son of Man is Jesus. And he is saying, I am coming again. I am coming for the last roundup. Now, the Bible doesn't use that term, last roundup. It, it has another term that it uses to describe this event. It's called the second coming. It's what the Bible calls it. That means that Jesus has already come the first time. Remember that? We celebrated at Christmas when he came as a baby in a manger. But he's coming again for the second time. And the Bible says he's going to be riding a white horse. And he will be king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Problem is we just don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when the second coming is going to take place. Now, the cowboys of the Old West, they knew when the general roundup was going to be. It, it would happen sometime in the fall, depending on which ranch that you worked at. Maybe, maybe at your ranch, it was October the, what is today, the 13th? October 13th. Every October 13th, you could mark it down. That's when you would go out and round up your cattle. But of the final roundup that Jesus is speaking of, nobody knows when that's going to happen. In fact, one day, Jesus' disciples asked him pointedly the question, Master, when are these things going to happen? When are you coming again? And Jesus said, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, the angels in heaven don't know. In fact, he said, the only one who knows that date is God the Father. I'm referring to Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. Listen to Jesus' words. He said, but, but of that day and that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, 
nor the Son of Man. The only one who knows is the Father himself. The time of the second coming, according to this, has been prearranged. It's been predetermined by God alone. It has been preordained in the heart of God. Somewhere on God's calendar that only his eyes can see, he has the date. (laughs) And when that hour strikes, God the Father is going to send his Son, who is coming together, together all the elect from the four corners of the earth. Now, that hasn't kept some folks from guessing or speculating when they think that Jesus is coming back. In fact, a lot of people have tried to predict that. Have you read pamphlets like that? I remember back in 1988, uh, we graduated from seminary, but a booklet came out. It was written by a guy whose name was Edgar Weisenhardt. He wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture is Going to Come in 1988. Anybody remember that? I had that book, and I read that book. And and you know what? 1988 came and went, and Jesus Christ didn't come back. Here's the one thing that we know about the second coming. We don't know when it's going to happen. We have absolutely no idea when it's going to occur. Therefore, get me, therefore it behooves us to be ready. I mean... It's coming, we just don't know when. It could be today, folks. It might happen this next week. It may not occur for another 20 years, but it is coming. Therefore, we need to be ready. So i got to do a quick time out and simply ask you, are you ready for that day? I mean, it's coming. It's going to happen. Are you ready for that day? The Bible says it's going to come when we least expect it. And I'm going to talk about this a little later on in the sermon. But you know what? When those events begin to happen, they will happen so rapidly that if you are not prepared, there's no way you can get prepared. The Bible says he's coming as quick as a thief in the night. Or like when lightning flashes across the sky, the Son of Man is going to come that quick. So if you're going to get ready, you need to get ready now. That brings me to point number two. The last roundup will be presided over by the Son of God himself, Jesus Christ. Verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. So here is a picture of Jesus in all of his glory, in all of his greatness, in all of his holiness, in all of his authority. Let me paint another picture. Here is a picture of the perfect trail boss. Because when he comes back on that white horse, he's going to be the trail boss. And when he comes again, he will claim his own. The Bible says in this passage, he will separate his own from those who do not belong to him. It will be like the roundup of the Old West when the cowboys would go in on the free range and they would notice the brand on each head of cattle and they would, they would herd out their brand. They would be searching for their brand and they would take the brand that was affiliated with their outfit and they would cut those steers out from the big herd. 
How many of y'all have a brand? Anybody out here have a brand? Okay, several of you have have brands. I've never owned cattle, so I've really never have, have gotten a brand. I have had some dogs, and I thought about branding my dogs, but we... We never did brand the dogs. But if I had any cattle, here's my brand right there. That's, that's what my brand would look like. Isn't that cool? I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, WH right there. Or, or I could do HS, Holy Smoke, yeah. That, that'd be my brand. You know what? If I were living in the 1800s in the Old West and I was out looking for cattle, that's what, that's what I'd be looking for. Cattle that had that brand on them. Uh, there's a true story that's documented that happened down around San Angelo, Texas, around the Concho River in the 1800s. Uh, a trail boss was out with uh, riders from his own ranch, and they were cutting out the cattle that belonged to their boss. But there were also other uh, cowboys out there, and they were doing the same thing, finding cattle that had their brand on it. And, and apparently couple of wranglers from different outfits zeroed in on a particular steer. The, the, the brand was, was not burned in correctly, and, and it was kind of fuzzy looking. And both of the cowboys claimed that that steer belonged to their outfit. And I mean, they were about to get into it. And about that time, one of the trail bosses rode up, and he saw what was going on. And He had been in situations like this before. He knew very easily this could become a, a violent situation because these two cowboys weren't going to give in. He knew they could start fighting at any time, and worst case scenario, they could pull out their pistols they were wearing and <laughs> kill each other. And so he became the arbitrator. He said to them, let me decide. Will you take my word as the final word on whose steer this is? And they said, yes, we will follow whatever word you give. And without saying another word, this trail boss pulled out his 45 colt and put a 45 slug in that steer's head. And it dropped over. He didn't say anything else. He just turned his horse around and rode off. But the thing they had been arguing over, they couldn't argue over anymore. <laughs> Basically, all they could do is decide, are we going to cut this steer up for steaks, or are we going to leave its carcass for the coyotes? The point is, these two wranglers live to ride another day. Are you with me? Now, when I told Miss Angie that story, she wasn't too impressed. <laughs> she didn't think that this trail boss had the gift of mercy. Come on, people, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> and you know what? He didn't. He didn't. His judgment, though sage wisdom, was imperfect. But I'm here to tell you, church, there is one coming in the future whose judgment is perfect. Of his judicial wisdom, there will be no question because when Jesus, the perfect trail boss, comes back, he knows his own. And he will gather his own, each and every one. So if you are a child of God, if you know Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus knows you. And you can be assured of this promise. Nothing is going to happen to you on that great judgment day except you will hear from God the Father, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. That brings me to point number three. 
This last roundup is going to be prescribed for all people. Verse number 32, all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So the question is, who's going to be at the last roundup? Well, according to the word of God, every living soul, everyone is going to be at the roundup. In the roundups of the old western days of the free range, cowboys rounded up all the cattle, the wild along with the tame, the longhorn with the pole, the brand of their outfit with the brands of other outfits. To the best of their ability, they searched for all the cattle, and they rounded them all up. In the last days, the Bible tells us that Jesus is going to round up all the people of all the nations, the Jew as well as the Gentile, the free as well as those imprisoned, the lost along with the saved, of every creed, of every social class, people of all economic standings, all the people of all the nations are going to be gathered before Jesus Christ for this great separation. And here's the thing about it. Listen to this. Don't lose this. The saved are going to be separated from the lost. The righteous will be separated from the unrighteous. The holy are going to be separated from the wicked. The Christian will be separated from the unbeliever. And the child of God will be separated from the child of the devil. In fact, Jesus tells us about this in, in our passage we just read. He, he tells this storable, this parable, this story about a shepherd who is shepher separating sheep from goats. Y'all ever had sheep? Anybody ever, anybody ever had a goat? Okay, I've had, I, we raised goats when I was a kid, Tim. I had a mama goat and two billy goats. They're crazy. They're crazy. They're awesome, but they're, they're absolutely. And you know what? They're very distinguishable. You can tell a sheep from a goat, right? Easy to tell. Just look. They're sheep and goat, they're different. And, and this shepherd is separating sheep from goats. He's going to put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. The sheep represent saved people, Christians, those who have been born again. The goats represent the lost, the children of the devil. And Jesus' primary concern is separating the saved from the unsaved. It's going to happen on the last roundup. In fact, that is not the only time Jesus has referenced this. If you go back just a couple of chapters in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells another parable, another story. He said a certain farmer sent his men out to cultivate the land and to plant seeds. And they did that. But during the night, his enemy came and they scattered the seeds of, of tares or thorns amongst the good seed. And after the plants started growing, the servants came in and said, Master, someone has planted tares, which was a weed, in the garden. And now the, the wheat and the tares are, are growing up together. Master, what do you want us to do? Shall we go up and out and, and pull up the tares? How many of y'all have ever had a garden? Yeah. yeah, we had one too. 
I remember the child labor laws that I reviewed when I was a little kid because my job was to go out every day and hoe in the garden, all right? I had to hoe the weeds. And I, I tell you what, I, I couldn't, I, I, really, that's, that's, I was biblical when I was a kid like that because I, I would be hoeing those weeds and I'd think, Adam, why did you sin in the garden? I mean, because of your sin, we have these weeds, Adam, you know? Hoeing's hard work, isn't it? You got to hoe your garden. And so these servants said, Master, you want us to go and just, just pull out the, the weeds? And he said, no, because when you pull out the weeds, you can also pull out the wheat. So just leave them both, and when the harvest time comes, we will come through and cut it all down, and then we will separate the good from the bad, the wheat from the tares. And we will store the wheat over here, but the tares we will burn up. And again, what he is talking about there is this separation that is going to occur. The saved and the lost, they will be separated. And Jesus is the one who's going to do it. A few Wednesday nights ago, I told this, this story, a different, different story, but basically the same, same thing about a farmer who hired a guy to come into his, uh, his farm and separate potatoes. So he was in the barn one day, and he had these big barrels of potatoes, and the, the, the farmer told the hired worker, I want you to separate the good potatoes from the bad potatoes. And later on in the day, the farmer came back in there, and he, the, farm, the hired servant, he hadn't done anything. He was just sitting there in his chair, holding a potato in each hand and muttering to himself, these decisions are killing me. <laughs> Come on, people, please help me out here. Really, these decisions are, are killing me. But when Jesus comes again, his decision is not going to be hard. It's like separating sheep and goats. It's going to be distinguishable. Or a head of wheat with that of a tear. It's going to be easy for Jesus because he's going to know his own from those who don't belong to him. A Christian from a lost person. It will be like that cowboy on a roundup who's looking for the brand of his outfit. And when he sees the brand of his outfit, he's cutting that steer out and taking it home. That's the job of Jesus. He knows his own. And that brings me to point number four. The last roundup is going to be permanent in its administration. Uh, look at verse 33 again. And he will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's to those on his right. Then he says this to those on the left hand. You depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And then the last verse tells us this is for all eternity. Heaven or hell. Depending on what brand you're wearing. Now answer me this. Riddle me this. Is it possible to change or to alter the brand that is branded on a steer? Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Appreciate you paying attention, man. Yes, it is. We've all seen it in, in Western movies, haven't we? Those old bad cattle rustlers that all use what is called a running iron. Running iron. And they can alter the brand 
and or modify the brand any way they wanted to. But I want you to understand this. When the last roundup occurs, there's going to be no changing of the brands. Again, there's not going to be time to change your brand. So whatever brand you're wearing when Jesus comes back will determine if you go on the right hand or the left hand. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You say, well, preacher, I don't, I don't understand the brand. What are, you, what are you talking about the brand? Well, we got a brand. We got a brand. On the cattle, the brand was on the hide. But on the believer, our brand is on the inside. It's not external. It's something internal. You see, when you are born again of the Spirit of God, God sends His Spirit to live inside of you, to indwell in you. And the Holy Spirit takes up permanent residence inside of your heart. He abides in you. And by that abiding presence, the Bible says you are branded for the day of redemption. Now, that's not the word the Bible uses. It actually is the word sealed. You are sealed until the day of redemption. The Bible in 2 Corinthians 1.22 says that when God saved us, he also sealed us and has given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Ephesians 1.13 also talks about being sealed in him with the Spirit of promise. That is the Holy Spirit. So if you belong to God, you're branded. The brand is in your heart. Now, when the cowboy in the Old West was rounding up the cattle, that, that's what he was looking for. He was looking for that brand, his own outfit's brand. And those with his brand, he kept back and took to the home corral. <laughs> well, when the great trail boss comes, he too is looking for his brand. And if you are wearing the brand of Jesus Christ, the seal of the Holy Spirit, he's going to round you up and take you to that eternal corral, <laughs> which is heaven. Now, my, my question is this. What brand are you wearing? Because you're wearing one today. It's either the brand of the Holy Spirit or it's the brand of the devil. It's who has your heart. I love you guys. I do. I love you. I care for you. If I didn't love you and care for you, I wouldn't have spent the last 22 years here. But I love you. Bon, it's a bad analogy, but y'all you're, you're, are my cattle. <laughs> or specifically, let me get biblical, you're the sheep. And I'm not the good shepherd, okay? I'm not the good shepherd. I'm kind of like a sheep dog, okay? But I care for you. I love you guys. You're, you're my family. And more than anything, more than anything, I want you to be in heaven. I want to be in heaven with you guys for eternity. Now, for that to happen, you've got to make sure that you're branded by God, and that your brand is recorded in what is called the Lamb's Book of Life. 
That there's been a time when you've given your heart to Jesus, you've prayed the sinner's prayer, you've invited Jesus into your heart, you've asked him to forgive you of your sins, and you're now a child of God living for him. And that's where you need to be. Because he's coming again. The last roundup is just around the corner. Are you ready? And I pray 